Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And I'm excited about this series because the Bible has so much to say about doors. And it talks about doors that we need to open, doors that we need to close in our lives, and doors that we need to make sure are clicked, closed all the way. Today, we're going to talk about the door of heaven and how we can knock on heaven's door. It's really a pretty amazing message. And what we're going to deal with is you and I praying for others. The Bible calls that intercessory prayer. I want to open up with a Joe story. This story has to do with my daughter, Michelle, her husband, Steve. And they, when they were engaged, Gina and I, we, we saved a little money for each of our daughter's weddings. So we gave them a check and we said, this is what we have. Use it however you see fit. Then I said to Michelle and Steve, and Gina was there, I said, you, you realize I can officiate uh, my, your wedding right in my office for free, and you guys can pocket that money. And Steve's like, yeah, that's what I did with Gina. I said, can we just take the money from your dad? But Gina and Michelle looked at me like, no way. We, Michelle's been dreaming about this her whole life, right? So just having some fun, seeing how everybody would react. But then Michelle said, you know what, Dad? I want to do a destination wedding in Chicago. And she says, I want it to be really small. But our kids love Chicago because Gina's family's from there. Her mom, her dad, her sister uh, lived there when our kids were young. And we would go twice a year. We'd go in between Christmas and New Year's so we could have Christmas there. And then we would go in the summer. Her dad had a lake house in Wisconsin. So it was a great vacation, very inexpensive for us as a family. And our kids fell in love with downtown Chicago, which is really an amazing uh, downtown area. So Michelle said, that's where I want to be married. So I told her I'd help her. And we began to Google, you know, and look for uh, places to have uh, the wedding at. And I'll tell you what, they were so expensive. They were four times more expensive than anything you would do here. And, uh, and we just became very discouraged. So I told Michelle, well, let's look in the suburbs. And then maybe you can go do pictures downtown. The suburbs were just as high as downtown. And so Michelle's frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I said, let's just wait a little bit. And, and let's just pray a little bit. And I began to knock on heaven's door for my daughter and for Steve. And I just began to say, God, show me something I'm not seeing. God, open up a door that uh, maybe I can't see. And the most amazing thing happened. A couple of weeks passed, and this restaurant came to mind. Uh, Maggiano's Little Italy, which used to be in Beachwood. They, they recently closed it. But I thought, you know what? that's an incredible restaurant. And I had eaten there a couple times. And I remember they had two big rooms up on the top you could use for anything, any kind of party you wanted to have. And they were amazing. If you ordered family style, they would give you two salads, two pastas, two meats, two vegetables, and three different desserts. And it was all you could eat. And I thought, wow, that was not real expensive. I wonder if we could do a wedding there. But then I didn't know if Chicago had a Maggiano's, but I Googled it and they had one right downtown, right near North Michigan Avenue, that magnificent mile. So I called and I said, hey, my daughter wants to do a wedding. It's going to be on a Sunday. Here's the date. Do you do weddings? They said, yeah, we do weddings. And they told me, you know, the cost and all that. And so it was exciting. It was what it would cost here to do a wedding in the valley. That's amazing. And so uh, we booked it. We went in a couple months early and, you know, it was an excuse to go there, but they had the taste test for their menu and, and uh, we had to sign contracts. And so we did all that. They picked the food they wanted. And then the girl came in, just a really sweet young girl out of college. She said, I am so sorry. 
my manager said, you're only halfway to our minimum. We didn't know about any minimums. She said, you're going to have to double. You're going to have to get all kind of extra things and get it up to this price. Now, I am the worst negotiator on planet Earth. You ne never want me to negotiate any deal for you, right? And some of my staff are laughing really hard right now. As an adult, I would take my dad to buy a car because he was an incredible negotiator. I stink. But now I'm the, I'm, I'm the adult in the room. And the most amazing thing happened. Something came on me. I know it was God. I know it was the Holy Spirit. It came on me. And I said things to this young girl, so sweet, but so strong. And I just, I said things like, you know what? This is a Sunday night. Do you want zero money or do you want some money? Because you're going to make some money. But we can't afford this. So if you don't give it to us right here for this amount, then we're going to walk. And I said, go tell your manager that. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm really terrible at this kind of stuff. And, and she walks away and I'm hoping for my daughter's sake it works, you know. And so uh, she comes back a little bit later with a smile on her face. She said, my manager said he's going to give it to you without you meeting the maximum or the minimum. So she said, you can have it. Guys, that was all a result of prayer. And we're going to talk about that today and what God can do when we pray for other people, when we knock on heaven's door for someone else. So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. When we intercede, God intervenes. And it's just something about our prayers for people we love. Think, begin to think about the people you love right now and praying for them and watching God move in their lives. It's a beautiful thing. But remember, we did a message not too long ago in the priest series on prayer. We talked about how God has uh, uh, our prayers go up to God like a memorial. He has some kind of really cool HD wall. I can't wait to take a look at it when I arrive in heaven, right? And he, you know, he's sad this week because the Browns aren't playing because typically he watches the Browns up there, right? And so, so he's a little sad, you know. But next week we'll be back, right? And beat the Patriots, right? So, so but I shared that to say this, to say this. We learned in that lesson that sometimes prayers aren't answered right away uh, for several reasons. Sometimes there's resistance and there's resistance in that spirit realm. We talked about the story in Daniel, how the angel tried to give him an answer, but he was resisted by evil spirits uh, in Persia uh, up in the air. We can't see him, but there was a battle going on. So sometimes our prayers aren't answered because there's some battles going on, but sometimes God has to soften somebody's will and that doesn't happen overnight. God doesn't want us to be robots, so he has to deal with us and soften our will, right? So I want to encourage you today because we're going to look at a story that Jesus shared that's all about us being persistent and being bold and not giving up and continuing to knock on heaven's door. It's a really cool story. As a matter of fact, uh, the apostles said, Jesus teaches how to pray. He gave them the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, and then right after in the book of Luke, he shared this incredible story about us praying for other people. So the Our Father is about us praying for ourselves, but then he said, you guys, you can pray for other people. And we're going to go through that story. We're going we're gonna to learn three things about praying for other people. And here's the first one. Intercessory prayer supplies what we can't supply. We don't have it but God has it. I didn't have any extra money to give my daughter, but, but God had a way to make that work. He supplied. And I thought of another story, and I want to preface this story by saying, this couple lives out of state now. Nobody here is going to know who they are. I would never share something that happens in private where people would know what I'm talking about. So I have tons of stories I can't share, but, but this is a good prayer story. And so this wonderful couple in our church called me late at night once, 
And, and, and she said, the wife said, such and such couple is over my house. Now, they were members of our church. And the guy just found out that his wife's having an affair. But then she said, and the guy she's having an affair with is also here. And she said, it's ugly. She said, would you come over? She says, I don't know what to do. My husband doesn't know what to do. And I said, sure. Then I hung up the phone and thought, what did I just say? <laughs> now, I was just in my late 20s. So this is a long time ago. But, you know, if that happened today, I would call the Holland police and say, hey, I need you to meet me at this house. Because domestic disputes can go south really, really quick. But I was young and unexperienced. So I get in my car to drive over and I'm just thinking, God, I don't know what I just did. This is so stupid. I don't, I've never handled this. I've never been in a situation like this. So I began to pray and I said, God, I need you to give me wisdom and give me words to speak because I have no clue what to say. And then I prayed for the husband because I couldn't imagine how he felt. He just found it out and I began to pray for him. Then I prayed for the wife because she doesn't know which guy she wants and that's what they told me. She's not sure which one she wants and I'm praying for her. And then I prayed for that guy and I just said, God, minister life to him and just help him out and help him get out of the picture, so on and so forth. So finally I'm there, no, not finally, it was too quick. And then I, I go to the door and I open it and the couple comes out and says, it's really ugly. I think there's gonna be a fist fight. So here I am walking into this atmosphere and I walk in the room and the couple knows me because they're part of our church at the time. But this other person, this guy doesn't know me. And he looks at me and he said, who the blankety blank are you? And I said, I'm their pastor. I came over to help. And uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously, <laughs> I don't know what else to say at the moment. So he began to cuss at me and said, you better leave or I'm going to take you outside and blankety blank you outside. And now I'm never the toughest guy in the room, but I could have taken this guy really easily. And, uh, but that would not have solved any solution, right? It would not have solved anything, but it's amazing. Here's, here's the story. Listen, guys, God came on me. I don't know how to explain it. Many of you know what I'm talking about. And I began to speak to that guy that was cussing at me. And they were words that I would have never thought of in a million years, but I could see they penetrated this guy's heart. This guy backed off and said, I'm going and took off. Then I spoke to the husband. I spoke words that I'm just... I was baffled that I could speak that much life. And then I spoke to the wife and right there she had a breakthrough. And you know, 30 plus years later, they're happily married. And guys, this is, and I know there, there was a lot of work, believe me, a lot of work. He wanted to make it work and, and I was so proud of him for, because I, I, I mean, that would have been tough to do. And here's what, here's what I want you to understand. Intercessory prayer supplies what we can't supply because God has things that are bigger than we are. He has things that are more powerful than we are. So here's the story. Listen to this. It reads like this, Luke 11, five and six. And then Jesus said to them, he just finished the Lord's prayer. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Now, God is the first friend in this story. And understand this, when Jesus shares stories, there's always a point he wants to get across. The stories are never perfect replicas of how God's character is. You have to ask yourself, what's the point? And we'll see that as we read on. But let's look at this real quick. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, that would be God. And you go to them at midnight and say, midnight's always the darkest hour, right? But it's not your darkest hour. It's someone else's darkest hour. And it goes on and says, friend or God, 
lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey. So this person you love is going through the journey of life. They're at a really dark and tough place. They're on a journey. They've come to me and I have no food to offer them. In other words, I don't have any answers. And this is just a picture of us going to heaven and saying, God, I need you to intervene in this person's life. When we intercede, God intervenes. And some of you are thinking right now, well, I, didn't, I didn't go to Bible school. I don't know how to pray. Prayer is just asking God to show up. It's just asking God to do something. It's not complicated. So I want to encourage you early about that. You can pray just like I can pray. So we want to read on in this story, but here's the second point we're going to read as we read on. It goes like this. Intercessory prayer must be bold and persistent. And this is the whole emphasis of this story for us not to give up when we pray. And it reminds me of another story that happened years ago. I had this couple come to me and they had been in our church forever. They raised their family here. And they came to me and they said, our son has walked away from God, totally walked away. He's not serving God. He's not living for God. But not only that, he's living in terrible biblical sin. He's just living in a terrible, sinful life. And they're crying. And I can understand being a parent, why they feel the way they do. And so I exhorted them. And then I said, hey, let's, let's join together. Let's pray for him and then I said, I promise you, I'm going to keep praying for him. And we did that. And I kept praying. You know, a year passed and nothing changed. Two years passed, nothing changed. But right around the three-year mark, they wanted to come see me. And they came in with beaming smiles. And here's what they said. They said, it's like the prodigal son story. Our son came back. He told us, I came to my census. And he said, I walked away from that sinful lifestyle. I'm going to begin to serve God again. But that took three years. Why? God had to deal with that young man's heart. And it takes a while. But God wants us to be bold and persistent. And that's what's said in the story next. Listen to Luke eleven seven, And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Can we all agree that's not God? God's not reluctant. But Jesus wants to get this point across. Be persistent and be bold. So he wants that point, and, and he lets us know that in the next verse. Listen to verse 8. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Again, God's not reluctant. We're going to see that in the next two verses because Jesus threw two verses in to make sure we know God wants to answer our prayers. But what's he saying to us? You and I have to come to a place to no matter what we see with these eyes, with people we love, people we know, that we never back down and we just keep going to heaven's door and we keep asking and we keep asking and we keep asking because sometimes it takes a while. But we don't want to look at what we see and accept that as truth. We want to understand God's going to do something in their life and it may take some time, but we're going to keep praying and praying, asking God to do a miracle, asking God to change this, asking God to change that in our children's lives, our grandchildren's life, our parents' life, our mate's life, our relative's life. God, I need you to intervene. And Jesus is just saying, don't give up. So, so listen to this, watch this, Luke 9 and 10. So I say to you, so he ended the story, but now he wants to make sure we understand God's not reluctant. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Just three different ways we can pray. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will 
be open. And Greek scholars tell us, you can read this in the Amplified Version. This is in the continuous tense in the Greek. So you can translate it like this. Ask and keep asking, and you'll keep receiving. Seek and keep seeking, and you'll keep finding. Knock and keep knocking, and the doors will continue to be open. Here's, here's what God's saying. You know, if he answers you, don't stop there. Be bold and audacious. Man, keep asking for more. Keep asking God to meet people's needs. But if he doesn't answer, don't you dare back off. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. And he's just letting us know we need to be persistent. When we intercede, God intervenes. But then he goes to this next step. And this next step is fascinating. And here's the last point I want to make. Intercessory prayer releases God's bread. Jesus used the example of bread, which is really, we're going to find out, God intervening, and it releases his bread. So Jesus shares this story, Luke 11, 11, and 12. Which of your, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Can we all agree if we're a normal person if our kids say they're hungry, we're going to get them something to eat, right? We're going to help meet their needs, especially when they're in our household, right? So Jesus is just using something all of us can relate to, and he wants to show us how much God loves us. He wants to show us how much God wants to give us what we need and what other people need. So listen to how he ties it up. Verse 13, if you then, though you are evil, the word evil means human. So God's not calling us serial killers or anything like that, right? If you then, though you are evil or normal human beings, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I want you to see the context here. Oftentimes, you know, if someone says, I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we'll read this first, say, God's willing, God's willing, he wants to give it to you. And I encourage you, keep using that. That's cool, but that's not the context here. The principle's true, but that's not the context. You know what the context is? God's wanting us to see that the bread is the Holy Spirit. And he's wanting us to see that when we pray, it releases the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. So when I prayed for my daughter Michelle's wedding, what happened? Well, the Holy Spirit gave me an idea, and then he gave me the ability to negotiate. Remember how I said something came on me? When I walked in that house in that crazy situation, the Holy Spirit helped me speak words that were not me, and they came out of me. When we prayed for that young man, the Holy Spirit worked on him. I, had, I wasn't doing anything, just praying, but he did amazing things for him. So God's just making sure we know the Holy, the Holy Spirit is the bread. It's the life that he will release to change people's lives. And we can knock on heaven's door and ask God to release the Holy Spirit in people's lives. Now, I thought it would be appropriate to read something Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. This is to encourage all of us. Because the Bible says if you accepted Jesus, he's inside you. That's pretty encouraging. He is God. He's as much God as Jesus. But Jesus was telling his disciples, guys, I'm going to have to go to the cross. I have to die. They weren't getting it, but they got this part. He said, I'm going to leave. I'm no longer going to be here. And they were like upset. And I would be too. Could you imagine walking on the earth three and a half years with Jesus and watching him tell the wind to be quiet and watching him raise the dead and heal people. I mean, could you imagine losing him after three and a half years? And they're complaining, we don't want you to go, Jesus. We don't want you to go. Then Jesus made the most bold, crazy statement, but it's true. Listen to what he said in the book of John, chapter 16, verse seven. But I tell you the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. That, that means Jesus said, it's better for you that I leave. Can you imagine it being better if you're here with Jesus and he takes off and goes to heaven? Here's why. For if I do not go away, the helper, that's the Holy Spirit. The Greek word is parakletos, and the Amplified gives you some meanings of that word. The comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Now, this isn't about prayer, but this is about the fact the Holy Spirit is the one that's the bread from heaven, right? And Jesus said this, and whenever I teach on it, I've, I've taught this verse for so many years. And whenever I teach on it, I like to say it this way. It's better to have God in you than God on the outside. Jesus was God with them on the outside. And guess what? He could only go home with a certain amount of them, right? And everybody else that left after he taught, they, they went home without God, so to speak, right? But now that we're Christians, when we disperse today, TCI, Boardman, here and Warren, guess what? God's going home with each and every one of us. And not only is he going home with us, God is with us. When we pray, it releases God because he, he's everywhere, the Holy Spirit. It releases him to begin to bring bread into people's lives. And we're crying out saying, God, I don't know how to help them. God, my heart's sick. But God, I ask you to meet their need. I ask you to do this. And the Holy Spirit begins to move in their lives. So I want to ask you a question. You ready for a big question? Who is it in your life that you want to see God move in their life? Who is it maybe that you're frustrated with that maybe you gave up with? Maybe all you're saying now is what you see, like it's hopeless. We all have somebody we love in our life that you think it's hopeless, right? And what God's saying is don't give up on them. Don't say what you see. Begin to knock on heaven's door and begin to ask God what only God can do because God can release the Holy Spirit. And with God, all things are possible. And if it's your kids, your grandkids, your parents, your mate, your siblings, whoever it is that you love. I, we all have projects, right? And I've been praying for some people for a while, but I'm, I'm going to keep knocking. And I want you to keep knocking because when we knock, there's bread in heaven, the Holy Spirit that God wants to release in their lives. So guys, I kind of do this all the time because I try to preach something that's a you know, has a good ending, right? It's exciting. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited that we can knock on heaven's door for other people and God can do something amazing. Can we give it up for God? GCI and Borman, let's give it up. Woo! So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I did my best. I thank you for your help. I thank you that while I taught, you were ministering life to people. That's what you do. And Lord, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're in prayer. But I thank you for continuing to speak to people's hearts. Lord, I thank you for infusing hope to parents. Dreams that they had let die concerning their children. I thank you for releasing hope right now. Hope into their hearts, Lord. That their prayers are still working. And Lord, that they stop going by just what they see and begin to pray for the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do in their lives. I believe God's, I mean, it's amazing. Here, TCI Borman, he's ministering to all of us right now. It's amazing. He's giving some of us hope that we lost. He's re restoring some dreams we have for people that we want to see. It's amazing. So 
heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stay in that attitude of prayer. Maybe you came this weekend and you weren't sure of your forever. You weren't sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. Maybe you're not even sure if heaven or hell or God exists. I was there at one time, so I know, I know about that. But now I want to speak to your heart. Jesus Israel, he was here. He did die. God did raise him from the grave. He died for your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world. He is alive. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. And the Bible says, if we can believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, listen to this, listen to this, and confess with our mouth that he's Lord, that, that means we, we submit our hearts to him and say, Jesus, I believe you are God, the son, you died for me. And I open up my heart. I accept you as my savior and my Lord. And I make a decision to follow you. In America, we all know who he is, but it's not until we do that that the light goes on inside. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, say, Pastor Joe, my heart's touched. I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with me right now? Guys, can we help them out? TCI, Borman, Warren? Can, can we pray loud enough so they hear us and we encourage them? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained. And this day, I look to the Savior. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that God raised you up out of that grave. This day, I accept you as my Savior. I bow my knee and my heart to you. I call you Lord and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.